I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 290 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for the final Frogman Friday episode of the year. And what an awesome guest I have for you guys to close it out today. He is only the second dad to make a second appearance on the podcast. Retired Navy SEAL and New York Times bestselling author, Jason Redmond joins me today. He is here to tell us all about his new book, which dropped earlier this week, titled Overcome, Crush Adversity with the Leadership Techniques of America's Toughest Warriors. And if you have anybody on your Christmas list who is a reader, the link to Overcome is in the description of today's podcast episode. And guys, I know we're right in the midst of the holiday season here, which is a, could be a difficult time for many of us. If you or somebody that you know recently experienced a tragic loss or a life-changing event, This is the book to go to. This is the book to get because Jason Redmond, who is a combat wounded veteran, he does such a wonderful job of relating his principles of overcoming what he calls life ambushes into such a powerful guide for anybody that's going through a difficult situation. So Jason Redmond will be here with me in just a few minutes. So please stick around for the interview. And I did record today's interview with Jason via Skype. So if you're interested in watching the conversation between me and Jason Redmond, check out my YouTube channel, First Class Fatherhood. Visit me and subscribe over there. I have just begun uploading content there. It's one of my goals for next year is to conduct more video interviews. I'm trying to grow the YouTube channel. Just got it underway. So any help would be greatly appreciated. I cannot say thank you enough for all the help you have given me in 2019, which was just a banger. 2020 is going to be off the charts. So thank you for all your support throughout the year here. Next week, I will be re-releasing the top five most downloaded episodes of 2019. And just what an amazing year it has been. So make sure you follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace so you can stay up to date with all the upcoming guests that will be coming at you at the beginning of next year. And I've already got some top shelf guests coming your way. All right. And as always, please help me spread the word about this podcast to any father that's in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is father. This day right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with retired Navy SEAL best-selling author Jason Redmond. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Hey dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strikeforce Energy Packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strikeforce Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 15% off their purchase by visiting StrikeforceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Strikeforce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeforceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. All right. Joining me now, first class father, former Navy SEAL and New York Times bestselling author, Jason Redmond. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Alec, man, always good to see you. I love what you're putting out. So thanks for having me back on. Yeah, this is an honor for me, uh, for sure, Jay. Uh, How old are the kids now? My kids are 20. My son is 20 and the girls are 17 and 15. 
Wow, amazing. Yeah, I remember I had you on last year and you were just talking about shopping the book Overcome Around to a few different publishers. Fast forward, here we are. The book is out now just this week. Uh, it's called Ooh. Overcome. Yeah, what can you tell my listeners about the book? Who is it for and where can they find it? You know, the, the book is for anyone that is out there. I mean, because the reality, what the, you know, the premise of the book came about this. This book was about 12 years in the making. And uh, for those out there that don't know my story, I'm a retired Navy SEAL. I served 21 years in the SEAL teams. At the 15-year mark, I was uh, involved in a pretty big firefight uh, ambush that happened in Iraq. I got pinned down and about a uh, 35 to 40-minute firefight. I was hit eight times in the engagement between my body armor and body. And uh, I'll be honest, really didn't think I was going to make it out of there. And my team fought back. We had an amazing uh, Air Force AC-130 gunship that called fire in on our position. And we got out of there alive. Fast forward four years of surgeries. I launched my own nonprofit. I start working with wounded warriors. I you know, build this overcome mindset, this idea that it doesn't matter what happens to you. You can overcome it with the right mindset. And working with other wounded warriors to help them, I created my own nonprofit, Overcome Academy, um, all these different things. But everybody kept asking me, how did you do that? How were you severely injured? You know, it took four years, 40 surgeries to get put back together. How, how did you do that? And I'll be honest, I really wasn't able to answer that question. And uh, but this book is 12 years of of research and writing. It's a lot of the curriculum that went into the Overcome Academy. It's a lot of interviews with high level, amazing wounded warriors and leaders. We interview um, Admiral Bill McRaven, who was the admiral in charge of the bin Laden raid, who gave the speech, make your bed. We interview General Stan McChrystal, who was overall in charge of the war in Afghanistan, Green Beret, Special Operations, JSOC commander. And uh, a lot of people remember Stan was the guy when the Rolling Stone article came out and there was some negative light and he ended up having to resign. So here's a guy 30. I believe he had been in for 34 years when that happened. And uh, like that career over. And uh, so the bottom line is all these individuals, myself, wounded warriors, people that have been through trauma. I started noticing this trend and I started noticing this relatable thing that. I survived an enemy ambush, but everybody in life gets ambushed. If you are a parent, you're going to get ambushed. I'm going to tell you that right now. If you are a dad, kids do unpredictable things sometimes. I mean, especially when they get into the teenage years, they're flexing their wings, they're flexing their freedom. They want to be an individual. And, and no matter how good a parent you are, they're going to do things sometimes that you're going to scratch your head and go, where the hell did that come from? And uh, these are those ambushes that come on in life. And if it's not something they did wrong, maybe you're blessed enough to have a kid that never does that. But something else could happen. There can be car accidents. There can be disease. There can be disease to you, your spouse, your kids. I mean, there's so many life ambushes that hit us in this world that just level us. And, and what I started to notice is that people act the same, whether it's a life ambush or whether it's a combat ambush. If you are untrained and you are unprepared, there is a tendency to just hunker down in the middle of this this ambush, this gunfight and, and just freeze and to dwell on the pain and the misery and not look at how do I move forward. And they may not be 
bombs and bullets of an actual enemy ambush, but they're the bombs and bullets of life. And people feel the same way. So this book is a blueprint, is a step-by-step process to teach you how to get out of an ambush, how to, what I talk about, a lot of people hear me talk, how to get off the X. And the X is the point of any incident, the point of any attack. That's how my team, my Navy SEAL team survived that firefight. It's how I lived that night. And then it's how I've moved forward. I've been in three major life ambushes, and it's how I move forward from them getting off the X. So the book is all about that and how you drive forward and overcome. Yeah, well said, Jay. And I definitely, I wish this book was available back in the day. One of the ambushes I had in my life was when my parents passed away when I was in my early 20s there. And it was one of those moments for me where it's, uh, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And at the time, I just leaned heavily into the alcohol and couldn't get myself out of that haze. And it's uh, something like this uh, definitely would have been able to help me move forward. And one of the things I think that was great that when I came to see you speak uh, down in Florida last year uh, at the Conclave of Warriors, uh, when you were talking, you were saying when you were shot and you were laying there, that your your mind wasn't on how much money you had left on your mortgage or the new truck that you bought. It comes down to the family and your children and what's really important to you. And and right now, listen, it's holiday time. The holiday seasons are here. And for many people, they get this seasonal uh, ambush, so be it. Uh, it's, it's seasonal depression. They can't seem to get out of the funk. So how could like the average parent or the average person that goes through this seasonal holiday depression, how can they kind of overcome that and start to enjoy the holidays? So one of the biggest things is we have we as human beings, we tend to do the exact opposite of what we need to do. Um, You know, you talk about the loss of your parents and and uh, and looking to the alcohol self-medication is such a common thing for anybody that gets into a major life ambush, whether it's whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's um, whether it's um, pushing people away, it's avoidance, it's other risky behaviors. People start doing erratic things, just trying to numb the pain. Sometimes it's massive risk taking. Sometimes it's. Um, uh, you know, affairs, you know, all kinds of risky behavior just because we're trying to do anything we can to A, avoid the crisis we're in and B, to numb the pain that we're going through at that time. So, you know, we're in denial. So one of the biggest things I tell people, I've, I developed a, uh, a react methodology. So it's in the book, talks about what you got to do, but basically it's a step-by-step process. And the very first thing reacts an acronym In the SEAL teams and in the military, we have things we call immediate action drills. So if something bad happens, we already have the mindset of, okay, this is the process that I'm going to utilize to deal with this bad thing that I know is coming, whether it's an enemy ambush, whether it's an ID attack, whether it's, um, you know, whatever, a sniper attack, you know, whatever is going to happen, we've already thought through some of the steps we're going to take. So this immediate action drill in the book is called the REACT methodology. And uh, the very first thing the R stands for, you got to recognize. So if you're going through the holidays and you're depressed, the first thing you got to do is recognize why are you in this crisis? Why do you feel that way? Maybe it's because you've lost somebody you've loved that, that year. Maybe you're away from home and you don't have your support network around you. But the very first thing, you got to figure out the crisis. Number two, you got to evaluate your assets. So, okay, if, if I'm in this crisis, what do I have? You know, maybe there's a church, maybe there's a chaplain, maybe there's a counselor, maybe there are other things that you can surround yourself with. You know, you got to get a little bit outside your comfort zone when we're doing these things, but uh, you got to evaluate your assets. We take an inventory. What are, what are these different things? 
A, the third level is you got to assess the options and the outcomes. So now that we've looked at, you know, maybe, you know, there's a church down the street, but you've decided, hey, man, that's not my gig. So I don't want to do that. Okay, Roger that. You know, maybe there's another um, social outing. Maybe there's a group of friends. Maybe you can reconnect with some old college buddies, whatever it is, man. Humans, we are social creatures. And when we're struggling and we're depressed, we do the exact opposite thing of what people should do, which is being around other people that can help lift us up. We tend to sit on the X and ruminate and just get further and further into depression. We're self-medicating, and, and that only exacerbates the problem. So we've identified the assets. We look at our options and our outcomes. The third one, we choose. We communicate. Hey, man, this is what I'm going to do. And then the last one, you got to take action. you got to execute. So many people go through this process, and they never take action. They continue to spin. They continue to second-guess. And then they don't move and movement's life, man. In order to get off the X, you've got to move. You gotta execute. So Yeah, very well said, Jay. And I think one of the one of the biggest benefits I think of all this technology is that we have access to more information, like not even just your book, but we can even follow you, we can watch you speak, we can do all these things where years ago. You didn't have access to all this stuff without the Internet now. So uh, you can actually get like uh, somebody who's been there, done that, listen to their story and kind of help you move forward a little bit. And I know just from following you on uh, social media, I've seen that your uh, your kids. One of the things this year you had them do was get qualified or certified as scuba divers. Now, was there uh, any any type of overcome fear in that situation with your kids in the water? And was there anything from you as far as watching your kids go through it? No, it was awesome. You know, I want my kids to experience life. I want to get them out there. And I think that's one of the biggest things as parents is we expose our kids to as much as we possibly can. And, you know, for, for some people out there that might be listening to this, they're like, oh, that's great. You know, I don't have the money to do stuff like that. Well, you may not. But what else can you do with your kids? Just get them outside. Get them meeting people. Encourage your kids to go talk to somebody they don't know within, obviously, safe norms here. But these are things that are going to make your kids better. Your kids are going to learn from you. You know, I'm going to say something here that's going to offend a lot of people, but I really don't care because it's a fact. You know, if all you do is sit on a couch and watch TV and drink beer and eat microwave meals, I hate to tell you, your kids are going to grow up and do the same thing, or it is highly likely they will. You are the most critical leader in the life of your kids. And it's not the words that come out of your mouth. It's your action. You can tell them to their blue in the face, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. But if they watch you 90% of the time, they're going to emulate you. So if you want to be a better parent, it starts with you. And and you don't have to have money to do that. Just get out and do things. Just get out and be, be social. Be strong in the five key areas that I talk about leadership, physical leadership, mental leadership, emotional leadership, social leadership, and spiritual leadership. If you're a hothead and you fly off the handle all the time, your kids are going to take that as, uh, hey, you know, I guess that's the kind of behavior. That's the way it should be. Um, you know, if we're lucky, the 10% walk away and say, I'm never going to be that way. But we have a tendency to follow. So for me, I want to expose my kids to everything I can. I take them to events with me. I look for opportunities. Um, I want them to see the world uh, for what it is, too. You know, that, hey, there are hard parts of the world. There's poverty. There, you know, we are super blessed in this nation for what we have. Uh, my wife and I are talking about here shortly. We want to take them to um, a third world country, to Haiti, go work someplace or maybe even India, someplace where they could see 
how blessed we are in this country compared to other areas of the world where other kids don't have the opportunities that we have here in America. Yeah, and I think that is important for them to see, Jay. I mean, I'm trying to do the same myself with my kids to bring them to areas where they can see uh, that not everybody has the benefits that you do. So it's important for them. But I think, like you were saying there with the word offended, I think that's been like kind of like a key word today with so many. Like, I think every generation thinks the next generation is getting soft. But I think this generation that's coming up is, is very soft. And they've been told that anytime that somebody does offend them or, or anything like that, they get emotionally just unhinged. And it's definitely uh, an issue. And they're not finding any real solutions through the school systems, which kind of back up that mindset. So uh, something like your book here would be very beneficial. It, it, would you recommend the book for high schoolers? Does it go that young? What is the age range for the book here? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the book, it, it's a straightforward book. I mean, I'd give it a PG-13 rating only because several times uh, there's a little bit of language every now and then. And we talk about, you know, real life situations. But beyond that, it is a book that anybody from, in my opinion, 13 and up can read. And we talk a lot about that exact thing in the book, Alec. I talk about that. We're missing uh, the grit that built this nation into what it is. We're coddling individuals into this this wrong mindset of if something offends you, you should not have to listen to it. So what's beginning to happen in America is you're having people you know, that that uh, if you have an opinion that is different from theirs, they don't even want to listen to it in any way whatsoever. As a matter of fact, there's this tendency that's starting to happen. They get incredibly emotionally, almost violent, you know, that, hey, you know, get away from me. I don't want to listen to you. I don't even want to listen to your opinion. And this country wasn't built on that. This country was built on tolerance of different ideas. And you may not agree with someone but emotional leadership is the ability to hear somebody out and, and appreciate their opinion, even if you 100 percent disagree with it. You know, and that's something where that's that's part of grit. That's part of resiliency. That's part of emotional intelligence. And these are things that we need to be working on. And I definitely talk about these things a lot in this book. Dads, are you tired of taking supplements that never deliver? Well, Redcon One was created to ensure that you get real hardcore products that deliver real results. Trusted by four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw, and founded by supplement entrepreneur, Aaron Singerman, Redcon One is crushing the industry. You have to try their MRE bars, which are packed full of nutritious food sources that will replenish your system when you need it most. And they taste so good, your toddler will think they're eating a candy bar. But we're talking whole food meal replacement. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% on their entire order from Redcon 1. Simply use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. So let's go, dads. For the highest state of readiness, choose Redcon 1. Visit Redcon1.com, use the promo code FATHER, and save 20%. Yeah, I think one of the things that's led to that, Jay, too, I mean, there's big benefits with the Internet and social media. But on the other side, a lot of this comes from people that can be anonymous online and voice these opinions. And it's it seems like all it is, is everybody throwing stones at one another on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. And it's 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 so poisonous, especially to a young, undeveloped mind uh, that's just starting to forge their own mindsets. And it can create these weaker individuals like we're seeing. And, it, and it's. Uh, I think it's really starting to destroy a lot of our communities. I drive like uh, I drive Uber on the weekends and I listen 
to the conversations or lack of conversations that are going on amongst the college kids. And it's kind of terrifying to listen to the, to the communication skills have completely seemed to have broken down the confidence level of these younger kids, especially in college, that don't even look you in the eye when they're speaking to you. And I think that's a big sign of uh, parenting as well. And I don't know if it's uh, an easy solution here to kind of change this all around or, uh, or it's going to be things like this, like dropping bombs like your book here to help change these ideologies. I, I, I think it's going to be a long term thing, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I can't remember that someone talked about that the, the longer a, a society is at peace, the, the softer the people get. And, uh, and I know there are people out there that are a little more idealistic in their views of the world that would say, oh my God, you're a war hawk and you're this and that, you know, but you know, all you have to do is go back and look at history. Man is flawed. I mean, it's just the bottom line. And uh, we need so if we don't have natural things that push us outside of our comfort zone, um, whether it is conflict, which, you know, hopefully we can stay away from that because it's horrible. But, you know, when America was created or, you know, you go back 250 years, um, hard physical labor was just a way of life. You toiled on a farm. You know, we, we built everything we had, our ships, our houses, whatever it was. And, and as we've moved further and further, technology has reduced that physical toil. So the stress that we place on ourselves, which naturally happened before, does not happen now in any way whatsoever. So we have to force ourselves outside of our comfort zone so that we can endure discomfort. We have to force ourselves to listen to ideas that we may not agree with. I. So I served over in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I, and, I, and I fought against individuals who were incredibly steadfast in their beliefs against um, our beliefs. You know, they, they were diehard, extreme uh, uh, followers of Islamic ideology. So the, the most extreme sect, you know, and they believed um, death in the name of their religion. Um, and although I do not agree with their beliefs in any way, I respected their conviction to fight for what they believed in, you know, and I think that's where people have to find a common ground in this day and age. You may not appreciate, you may disagree. And obviously I fought those individuals and I would fight them again. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to have an appreciation in order to have an understanding. And that's something that is not happening in this day and age because people are unwilling to get out of their comfort zone and confront truths and reality. Yeah. And, and Jay, one of the things I think a lot of us miss is uh, September 12th of 2001, where it just seemed like this entire nation was united and was ready to fight for one another. And it's that seems to have, um, you know, over the years here, has, to, to what it's turned into today, it, it's no longer in sight that way. It seems like everybody is more opinionated of one another. And it seems like there's a lot of, um, you know, just people that are down on America in general. That's a very mind boggling to me to hear so much of what's going on, especially uh, coming from, you know, obviously the political scene is a complete, you know, uh, anarchy at the moment here, it seems like. And uh, it, it's unfortunate because I think we're actually in one of the best times we've ever been in in history for everybody here. There's never been more opportunity than there is right now for everybody that's in the United States. So uh, it, I think I wish more people would start taking advantage instead of looking to knock down uh, certain avenues here for sure. Well, there's a lot of people on the X. Uh, one of the natural things that occurs and that's been one of the most fun things about, or not, I don't want to say fun things, but, 
inspiring things about writing this book. I've had so many people that have written me now that have read it and said, oh, my God, I've been on the X for years because there's this insidious thing that we accept what's happening around us, even though we disagree with it. We don't like it. And we get comfortable in uh, in our discomfort, if you will. And instead of looking to make it change, we just accept that the discomfort is the way it's going to be. And I think society is becoming that way, too. Um, we're, we're just getting um, inundated and, and with all of this. And anyways, you know, people people need to recognize that the X doesn't always have to be this massive attack. It can be this slow, steady thing that accumulates over years until finally one day. You have a tendency to look down and go, holy shit, I'm, I'm, I'm on the X. So I think there's a part of society that's there right now. Well, let me rein this back into you as a dad here now. One of the talking about uncomfortable. My daughter is five. I have four kids. She's my youngest. She's five. Yours, 17. So has your daughter hit this dating scene yet? And how do you feel about uh, approaching this and how are you handling it? Yeah, you know, so it's really funny. Uh, when the girls were younger, it was real easy to go, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have all my guns out. I'm going to invite all my <laughs> biggest friends to come over. You know, it's going to be like straight out of bad boys. You know, this guy comes to the door and we're going to pull him into the garage and intimidate the hell out of him. Um, that, that backfired on me. Um, <laughs> you know, because my daughters were like, I am never bringing a guy to the house. So, what, you know, and at the end of the day, as a parent, you know, leadership, you know, falls under different things. It falls under respect. It falls under your actions, you know, how you lead yourself. And one of the biggest things is communication. So I want my kids to communicate with me. Um, you know, we encountered a situation where my daughter dated a guy that we, we did not really care for. Um, and, and my wife and I really debated, did we say, Hey, you're not going to date this guy anymore. We're just going to cut this off. But at the end of the day, your job as a parent is to prepare your kids to go out into the real world and make their own decisions and make good decisions, hopefully based off guidance, but they're never going to learn how to do that if they don't make some bad decisions along the way and figure out, wow, that was bad. Um, if you cut that off before they ever go through a learning process, all it's going to be is mom and dad told me this, but what do they know? You know, if they learn it on their own, that's a whole nother thing. So my wife and I really started, you know, with her, we made a decision that uh, we, 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 we basically told her, hey, we don't we don't agree with this, but, you know, we're, we're not going to totally cut this off, you know, but here's what we predict we think is going to happen. And sure enough, it did. It unfolded that way. And obviously we would have stepped in if we felt like, you know, there was the potential for any long-term damage or anything like that. I mean, I think that's the difference as your kids get older, but at the end of the day, it came down to communication. You know, I want to meet the guys you're dating. I want them to talk to me. I want to get to know them. Uh, and I want you to be telling me what's going on. And, and that's only built through trust. And if you're always attacking your kids and going after your kids on the negative things, guess what? They're not going to share with you. Because all they're going to see is that if I come to mom and dad with anything, they're going to attack me. So, you know, I, I've told my, my kids, I'm like, I don't care what it is. If you're honest with me and you tell me what's going on, I will not lose my mind. I will stay calm and I will listen and we'll figure out how to deal with that. And uh, that's how I uh, dealt with my daughter. And that's how we dealt with the uh, dating scene. 
Yeah, I'll tell you, it's definitely one of the hardest things as a parent I find is just watching your children fail and knowing that they have to and that there will be good that comes out of it. But it is so difficult. And one of the things going back to what you said, if you're the guy, you know, sitting on the couch drinking the beer, that's how they're that's what they're going to do. And they're going to imitate. I have three boys and I'm hoping that by showing them the way that I treat my wife, the way that I do things, that they'll pick up on that and treat women that they eventually date that way. And then hopefully my daughter sees that and will expect that from men that she does. And that's about the best that I'm hoping for at the moment here with it. Yeah, no, and it does. It definitely works that way. I mean, my kids are living proof of it. You know, I mean, I look at the way my uh, my kids interact and they emulate us, uh, myself and my wife. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do. So you want to be a good parent. It, it comes back down. I mean, we talk about it in the book. There are three rules of leadership. Uh, and, and guess what? As a parent, you are the most important leader in your kids' lives. I mean, you know, that is your job. You are a leader. And uh, there are three rules of leadership. You got to lead yourself, you got to lead others, and you got to lead always. And, uh, you know, it starts with you. You know, that at nine, 80% of leadership is how you lead yourself, how you build structure, discipline, your actions, everything that happens before you say anything. Number two is leading others. How do you motivate and inspire others? How do you encourage them? How do you give them guidance? Uh, you know, as a parent, that's a big thing with our kids. And then number three, how do you lead always? You know, you can't take it off. You know, you can't decide, hey, I'm going to be a parent one moment and I'm going to be this great thing. And then the next moment, you know, I'm going to drink myself until I'm totally incoherent. And, and you know, my kids are peeling me off the couch because, you know, uh, you know, I can't even get up to my room. I mean, those are things that, you know, and don't get me wrong. Everybody has you know, everybody messes up now and then. But if that's a consistent behavior, that is not leading always. And your credibility as a leader, your credibility as a parent is shot. Yeah, yeah important message, Jay. And, and the book Overcome Now, it's available audio book. You're the audio voice on the book? I am, man. Pretty awesome. I wasn't able to do it with my first book, just with the timing. But with this book, we got everything out there right. And uh, yeah, I got to read the audio book. So a lot of good, uh, a lot of good feedback on that. Very cool. And where's the best place? I'm going to drop a link in the description of the podcast episode here for my listeners. Where's the best place for them or where do you recommend just where all books are sold or any spot in particular you recommend? So they are where all books are sold. If you go to overcomebook.com right now, we have extended our we had some bonuses if you bought the book before it released. But we decided that we were going to extend those bonuses. So if you go to overcomebook.com, there are links for every bookseller. So you know, if you're an Amazon guy and you want to go buy the book from my Amazon, there's a link right there on my overcomebook.com. Then if you buy the book and you upload the receipt, if you go down the page, you'll see that we got bonuses. One of the bonuses is really awesome. We made, uh, can you see that? Lower it a made, little bit. Yeah, there we go. We made these uh, overcome uh, book coins. So these are limited edition coins with overcome and the trident and my name on it and then it's got it's got all my slogans the thing that i talk about in the book the key lessons and these are numbered one to a thousand right here on the bottom so we only bought a thousand when they're gone they're gone i will not print another batch uh because i want them to be a collector's item and i want the people that have them to be you know to know hey there's no more out there so uh, if you buy, uh, I think we did two copies. If you buy two copies, submit your receipt, we'll send you one of these coins. So we got some other incentives on there. So if you go to overcomebook.com, you can see that stuff. Yeah, so cool. How about as far as appearances, Jay? You doing any book signings anywhere coming up? 
I am. Um, so right now, and basically the uh, book signings are coming about based off speaking events that I have. So we are, uh, I have one here in the Virginia Beach area on December 21st. That's the, uh, oh, I take that back. I have one in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. That's the first one I'm doing on December 18th. So uh, if you go to my website, jasonredmond.com, uh, there's an events tab and you can see and we'll be populating more. I know I'm looking at doing one in California and over the next six months, any place that I have a speaking event, we're trying to look and coordinate doing a book signing and coordination with that. So keep an eye on my social media. Keep an eye on my website on the events page and we'll be posting the location, the times and locations for those book signings. Awesome. Yeah, you've definitely been crushing it in 2019 here with the TEDx talk, the new book out here. What kind of goals or plans do you have here for 2020? What can we look forward to? So for 2020, I want to expand. I, I, I got into coaching. I launched a program called the Overcome Army. So uh, 2020, I have two goals. One, I want to get in front of more companies. I want to get in front of more companies and teach them all the principles within this book. Uh, we are working on some training programs specifically for companies. So not only can I come in and speak to them, but we're, we'll be able to provide them, you know, as an upsell that they're able to purchase uh, follow on training. So their companies can get more into the weeds on many of the things, because obviously, if you come in for an hour and a half and give a speech, you're just you're just cresting the wave tops on the information. So ha actually having a program where their employees, their team members can actually go in and do that. The second portion is my coaching program in 2020. Uh, I really want to help people become the best versions of themselves. I launched the Overcome Army in 2019. So in 2020, um, we are learning from a lot of the things that we did and we want to make it more interactive. I want to have more courses where people have the ability to not only learn from what I'm putting out, but there's some action steps within um, within the online program. And even we're having a, uh, you know, we're setting it up where there's an app. So they'd be able to go on and do the courses and some of that stuff through the app. So those are the things we're working on in 2020. And uh, yeah, man, just getting out there and trying. My goal is to try and make people a better version of themselves, a better parent, better leader, just a better you. Yeah, so cool, Jay. And the last thing I want to hit you with here, this is your second time around. You probably touched on a little bit here in some of your answers, but I always love to answer. Um, last question I always love to ask is what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? You know, just just love your kids and communicate with your kids. And at the end of the day, look at yourself. Be the dad you wish your dad had been. Because, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that their dad was not, you know, just for whatever reason. I mean, maybe you had an abusive dad. Maybe you had a violent dad. Maybe you had an alcoholic dad. You know, everything about this life is built on choice. So many people convince themselves, well, I'm just going to be this because of my demographics, just because of my background. I'm related to this person. So that's who I am. And that is a lie. That is a lie that we tell ourselves, you know, you're pinned to the own X inside your mind. Um, you have a choice, man. And, and so if, if, if you did not have a great father, be the father that you wish you had. And that starts with how you lead yourself, you know, take care of yourself, you know, fitness, nutrition, sleep, that's all part of physical leadership. Be hungry for knowledge. That's all part of mental leadership, emotional leadership, control your emotions. Don't blow up. You know, kids are going to do dumb things. We all did accept it and, and just love them for it anyways, and use it as an educational part, social leadership, 
surround yourself with good people that your kids will look up to, you know, uh, um, you know, understand who you're around. Your kids are going to emulate that. And the last part is spiritual leadership. You know, get understand there's a big world out there. Follow those things. Be the dad that you wish you had or maybe the dad that you did have. And I tell you what, man, your kids will grow up. And I'm, I'm so blessed. I have three great kids. You know, we didn't always do everything right. But my wife and I always focused on trying to set the example ourselves, you know, leading ourselves. And I know it worked. Yeah, very well said, Jay. I mean, you are definitely an asset to our society. I'm glad you're out there. I wish you best of luck with the new book. Uh, you're a first-class father all the way. And I got to say, Jason Redmond, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Alec, awesome, man. Love what you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Jason Redmond for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements starting in the new year. And coming your way on Monday, I will be re-releasing the top five most downloaded episodes of 2019. So stay tuned for that. That's all I got for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to First Class Fatherhood. I'm Alec Lace. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feeling.